0: day is from Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 32. Jesus said, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Grace to all of you and peace from God, our creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for this moment in our week, this most holy moment, this transcendent moment where you have promised to be, where two or three are gathered, O Lord, you said that you'll be here too, Help us remember that our worship is present tense and that you are here as certainly as you were present for your disciples those centuries ago. Your spirit surrounds us, inspiring us, challenging us, comforting us, and sending us out in the world. We pray, O Lord, that we would be open to that spirit this day. In your holy and most gracious name we pray. Amen. The hymn that is sung right after the sermon is chosen usually very carefully to go with the theme of the day. This week, the sermon hymn actually quotes the gospel. It's a song that I heard growing up. It's a very peaceful, wonderful song. It goes like this. Have no fear, little flock. Have no fear, little flock. For the Father has chosen to give you the kingdom. Have no fear, little flock. It's a direct quote of what Jesus said today. Do not be afraid. God gives you the kingdom. In a week where we have had Two more mass shootings. Another averted. Eight Walmarts threatened. Jesus says, do not be afraid. In a week where in Times Square, a car backfired and thousands of people scattered like ants. In a week where In Salt Lake City, a sign collapsed and terrified the shoppers and the people who were downtown. In a week where the world economy seems increasingly fragile. In a week where children and parents are separated. In a week where one of our own church members buried her husband and lost her father. In a week where we have received threats because of the sign about refugees on our church. In a week where some of you have received terrible news from the doctor. In a week where we wonder where our world, our society is going. Jesus says, do not be afraid. The kingdom is yours. It's hard to reconcile the two. I grew up with this passage. And from little child on, when I heard the phrase, kingdom of God, I always thought of, well, that's heaven after we die. Do not be afraid because Jesus rose from the dead and I believe in Jesus and then I get to go to heaven after I die. It didn't really apply that much to life in this world. It was more about life in the world to come. Kingdom of God is to come. In my readings of Scripture, my study of Scripture, I realize that the kingdom of God is not just about going to heaven after we die. That the kingdom of God, the community of Christ, is present tense as well. And when I look at Scripture, I find that all the way through Scripture, there are references to God's community Now, in Mark chapter 1, Jesus says to the reader, the kingdom of God is as close as your hand. Present tense, the kingdom of God is like right there by your hand. Open your eyes and look for it. In the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments and the book of Leviticus and all those rules that we hear about in the Old Testament, why are they there? Because they are designed to help God's community, God's kingdom, God's people live together in peace and harmony there was a purpose for it how can we live together in peace and harmony as people in this world that's God's concern that's what God's kingdom means when you get to the prophets in the Old Testament prophets like well you tell me some names of some of the prophets Isaiah Amos Joel There's only one person over here saying it. Yeah, Isaiah. Well, you did better than the 930 service, so (laughs) be comforted in that. Amos, Hosea, Micah, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, all these prophets, all of them are speaking to the nation, to the community of people gathered together. And they say, Israel, as a nation, you are going down the wrong path. You are not following God's desires. Primarily, to care for the poor and the vulnerable and literally dozens of times the alien in your midst. Isaiah the prophet even used poetry to describe this kingdom of God, this community of holiness. It's called the Peaceable Kingdom poem in Isaiah. And it goes like this. There's coming a time when the wolf will lie down with the bear. The wolf will lie down with the lamb. And a little child shall. It's a way of describing. How we are to live together. As a community. As a kingdom. Even in our. Lord's prayer. We will pray. Thy kingdom. Thy will be done. We're inviting God's kingdom. To be part of our world today. This. Study was revolutionary for a little child like myself who grew up thinking the kingdom of God is always about heaven, but it's also about how we live together now. I've been steeped in the tradition that religion was a personal thing, that you have a personal relationship with De- Jesus and go to heaven after you die. That's the whole point. And then I read the Bible and I realize, no, it's about people living together now, that God wants us to live in a good, righteous, compassionate, loving community Now that gets fulfilled in the world yet to come sometimes I think we need a different phrase than kingdom of God to describe it you know like Isaiah's peaceable kingdom or maybe the community of compassion or the country of justice or the fellowship of peace you can probably come up with some ideas too about what we should describe what God wanting for us. You get the idea that what God intends when Jesus uses the phrase kingdom of God is not a thing, it's not heaven, not a country, it's not a set of doctrines, it's not a church. It's more of a movement, like a revolution, Of people starting to live together with respect and dignity for each other, for the world, even for the environment around. That's the movement. That's the direction. So we're still left with the question where is it? Where is that movement? Where is that peaceable kingdom? In a world that seems. increasingly dark and scary? The rest of the gospel lesson today seeks to answer that question. If you listen to it carefully, the gospel says, wait for it. Be like the servants who wait for the master to return. Be alert. Keep your lamps lit. Again, when I've always heard that in the past, I think, okay, we just sit there and kind of wait, have the lamps like this, and pretty soon the kingdom, the community, the peaceable, just community is going to just happen. But then on a trip to Israel, I learned about little lamps. In fact, I bought one. And... I learned a lot about this passage from this little lamp right here. I bought it in Jerusalem in some little back alley. This antiquities dealer took it off the shelf, dusted it off, and he said, this lamp is from the first century. It may have been used by the apostle Peter and I can get it to you for a very reasonable price. He started at $20. We ended at $10. And I got a lamp used by the Apostle Peter. (laughs) My Swedish conservative side thought I got a great deal. But what was most impressive is that he told me how they used these little lamps. For this was indeed a lamp of the first century this is the kind of lamp Jesus was talking about in the text today you put oil in the large hole and then you put a little cloth in the spout hole there's not a lot of oil in there so you have to be very attentive to your lamp and also attentive to the cloth that goes in at the spout end and touches the oil the oil seeps up into the cloth you light that and you get a little bit of flame a little bit smoky But he explained to me that there was no other illumination at nighttime. It's dark. He said, imagine you're in this little room. There's not much for windows. You can't see anything. And you light your little lamp, and all of a sudden, the darkness is pushed back. And you can see a little bit. I remember that antiquities dealer When I read the text today about Jesus saying, Be alert, have your lamps lit. We're the lamps. You and me. We're the lamps. We look at what's going on in our world today and we think to ourselves, I don't know it's a messy world out there scary world there's not much i can do about it how many of you have tended to hunker down cocoon into your homes distract yourself with netflix because the world is such a scary place right now And then we hear Jesus say today the kingdom of God is near. Be alert. Light your lamps. We are the lamps. Just think that you are one of these little lamps in that dark room. And when you light up with a little bit of hope and decency for people around you, it becomes contagious. Like making your way into traffic. You know how it works. Or I get the image of a a rock concert filled with young adults, and the music is so inspiring that one person holds up her cell phone flashlight, (laughs) and then another person, and then another person, until the entire stadium is filled with light. And everybody is swaying together, and there is a kind of unity of light. One tiny act of kindness, compassion, mercy, justice on your part lights the world and is contagious until it becomes a movement, a revolution of like-minded people, and suddenly you realize it's the kingdom of God. And Jesus Christ has been here all along, in our midst, ready to fan the flames of hope. And we are not afraid. Amen. Page 8, please stand.